0: Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. NBA playing games are still going on, so put down $5 on any of these games, and if that team wins, you get $100 in free plays. That simple, that easy. All right. The, The moment has come and Benedict Matherin has declared for the NBA draft. I don't think that's actually a surprise to many people, other than the fact that maybe it took a little bit longer than people thought, but... Benedict Matherin, we're going to talk this entire uh, podcast about what a special player he was and what he became. First and foremost, I'm going to put it out here right now. This is the best perimeter player that has graced McHale's center floor since Jared Bayless, which is almost, what, 13 years ago? Something like that. And you really wouldn't have thought it when he was coming in, when Benedict Matherin was coming in here. First and foremost... You know, was a top 50 kid, had legitimate offers, certainly, but it was, you know, it was far from that McDonald's All-American background, you know, like a kid like Jared Bayless had, in that he, you know, he played at the uh, Latin uh, Latin Hoops Academy in Mexico, uh, originally for, you know, in Canada, all over the place, and he gets to Arizona, and you could tell immediately that he had some real strengths to his game, being that... The shot was pure, and he, And honestly, obviously, he was a fantastic finisher around the hoop. But college basketball is also littered with players that can finish and players that can shoot. Heck, the NBA is littered with those kind of guys, too. The question I think that at least I had, and I think a lot of other people had as well, is would he be able to expand his game and a lot of times guys really can't because ball handling is something that is generally you're somewhat born with it. You don't see guys become better ball handlers. You don't see them get better wiggle off the bounce generally. Benedict Matherin came back and he dramatically improved that. Now again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that he's Allen Iverson, but he came back and became a guy that could score at all three levels from three point range to to getting his man off balance, to where he could pull up at mid-range, and obviously being able to get to the hoop. And that metamorphosis right there is, I think, what is going to make him a very, very good pro, which we're going to get to here shortly. But you look at his game, though, and just how he was able to mature, how he was able to come about and The one thing that really put him over the top for me, and again, I know that Arizona got bounced in the Sweet 16, but there were never moments when Ben looked disinterested. There were when he did struggle; it was because he was going too hard to the hoop, or you know, he was getting into it with the officials, which he probably should calm down a little bit. But being that he is going to the NBA, that's probably perfect for him. So you could look certainly look at it that way, but I look at him though, and. I think I see a guy that is going to be real problems and he checked off that last box and that last box was that game against T or er, TCU. Everybody knew what he could do, but when Arizona's on the ropes, down three, and the offense is struggling, I'm screaming to call a timeout, and I'm generally the last person that is screaming to call a timeout. That's you know, I I I like coaches to let him go. Tommy Lloyd, who's obviously a lot smarter than me, looked at the, the situation and and once ben, Benedict Bathurin got the ball, he cleared everybody out, get out of my way, and then he went and he took that moment right there, getting his guy off balance, pulling up for a three, nothing but net, game goes into overtime, Arizona wins. That showed the clutch factor right there that not a lot of players, not a lot of people have. You know, you hear it all the time that um, – you know, I want that last shot or, you know, I, I want to be that guy. But when it really comes down to it, a lot of people just don't want that shot or they don't embrace that moment. Like I said, I think it's something that you're generally born with. And I don't see um, I don't see a lot of guys have that. Benedict Matherin certainly had that in spades. And I think that's really going to be a an avenue that he's going to be able to impress a lot of scouts with going forward. And we're going to talk about that here coming up here in just a second here. But obviously got to pay the bills. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. NBA play-in games are going on right now. So if you put down $5 on any of these games, you get $100 in free plays if that team wins. Arizona only. 21 and up. You got a gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Again, this is the best time to get in right now because you got the playoffs going on and you can figure out who you like. There's certainly some mismatches. Bet on the team that's favored. Easy. Okay. Now, back to Benedict and because this entire show is going to be dedicated to him. We're going to talk about his NBA future and then we're going to talk about his legacy here at Arizona. NBA-wise, I looked at Jay Billis' mock draft, or excuse me, his big board, and he's got Benedict Matherin at nine. I would have him much closer to five than nine. I think outside of that top three, where you've got uh, um, Paolo, Paolo, ben- pa- Paolo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, and Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith, who should be the number one pick, in my opinion. After that, I can start making a case for Ben. I look at these other players, Jaden Ivey's nice, nice guard out of Purdue. Of course, you're going to throw in some overrated Big Ten players. Uh, Shaden Sharp is a guy who hasn't played at all this year. He was at Kentucky. He's uh, obviously a, a really good prospect. But I look at Matherin, and I think that this is a guy that could probably that could do it. He could be an NBA All-Star because there's nothing that is holding his game back from being an All-Star. Did you ever watch Ben Matherin this year and say, Man, he just can't do this, or he just can't do that. There's there's nothing in his arsenal that he's lacking. Again, he's got everything needed, especially in the NBA, where the NBA is all about spacing, shooting, and being able to create off the dribble. He can do all of those, and he can do all of those in spades. I think what's really going to make him a more uh, uh, ideal NBA player is when he goes to the right franchise, and they also tell him, hey, you got to play defense. Not that Tommy Lloyd didn't have him playing defense. I mean, Arizona, everybody talks about their offense, but Arizona was one of the best defensive teams in the entire country. So, you know, obviously that was stressed. But when you got a guy like Matherin, you're also going to kind of, you're going to look at it and you're going to prioritize what you need out of him. And you certainly needed him to be able to score the ball, and he certainly did that. But when you get to the NBA where everybody kind of has a role in – Let's just say you get drafted by a guy like Greg Popovich, for example, or, you know, somebody good. And we'll get to the importance of fit here in just a second here. But they're going to tell him, listen, you're six foot six. You can move incredibly well laterally. You're strong. You're athletic. There's absolutely no reason that you shouldn't be able to be a plus defender. And I think that'll get into his head. I think that's something that will be able to resonate certainly with him. And... But it is going to be important for him to go to the right franchise, though. If he goes to a team, like I said, like the Spurs, or a team that knows what they're doing, that has a good head coach, that has a good front office, it's a little bit harder, obviously, when you're a higher pick, because most of those teams are going to stink. But you can't. it's going to be difficult for him if he goes to a team like the Kings, or a terrible franchise like that, where people go to basically melt away, because... He he needs coaching. He needs guidance, and it's going to be very important for him to find that right fit right there. And but I I have no doubt that he's going to be a very successful pro. And I do think that his upside is NBA All Star. I think that he can be that good. Okay, now one thing that you don't have to project out is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX NBA playing games going on right now. Got some got a nice game. A couple nice games coming up tomorrow. Put down $5, and you get $100 in free plays if that team wins. Arizona only. Eligibility restrictions apply. New customers only. 1-800-NEXT-STEP. All right. My favorite part now about breaking down Benedict Matherin and his game is his legacy that he leaves at the U of A. I really nerd out on historian-type stuff, as I've talked about before. I've been there for every game since Chris uh, Chris Mills' team, New Orleans' game, 1992. Um, And Arizona has always been known as point guard U. But, and uh, my guy uh, William Brad Ellis always brings up that, you know, they should probably be known as small forward U, too, and... You know, there's a reason for that. I mentioned Chris Mills, but you got Sean Elliott, you got Richard Jefferson, you got Andre Iguodala, Michael Dickerson would have been an awesome pro. Um, you just, you can keep going on and on. You know, even Sean Miller was able to put in a couple nice small forwards in the league like Aaron Gordon. But it's, uh, you know, it's still known as point guard U, but it's always been a perimeter-based school. And for the longest time, there was an assembly line of players that were Basically, first-team All-American after first-team All-American. You go from Damon Stoudemire to Mike Bibby to Jason Terry to um, uh, Miles Simon before him. There was a run there where, you know, essentially the best perimeter players were all at Arizona. And there's been really good perimeter players since, the, you know, since Jared Bayless, since Salim Stoudemire. But I don't know that anybody checks off the boxes since Bayless— that Benedict Matherin did. And keep in mind too. When I compare him to Jared Bayless. Jared Bayless was a bad boy. Up to that point. Jared Bayless was the best freshman. To ever play at Arizona. 20 points. 4 rebounds. 4 assists. And he did that with KO coaching him. I love KO. But you know we can be honest here. Um, Matherin though. Is the best perimeter player since them. Or since uh, Jared Bayless. Or if you want to go further back. Salim Stoudemire. Because. He was a dynamic scorer, he was clutch, he was around for the rebirth or the regeneration of Arizona basketball, and what's also exciting about him too is that he's just getting started. Think about that though for a second. We're talking about a guy who is the best perimeter player at a school like Arizona that by any metric is a top 15 school basketball all time, and We're talking about a guy that is the best player, the best perimeter player that's come through here in a decade plus. That's a heck of a legacy to be able to leave right here. And that's exactly the legacy that Benedict Matherin has left and will go on to in the NBA. Again, I think that this guy could be a really good pro. I think that his uh, prospects range from being an all-star to being a really good, you know, to being a mid-level starter, but he's going to be in the league for a long time. But He was the forefront player that led the rejuvenation of Arizona basketball. And, again, he was the best player at Arizona for over a decade plus. Big tip of the cap to Benedict Matherin and um, wish you nothing but the best. All right, right, hop on, go PHNX, get that membership right now. Got some really good stuff going on throughout the state. You get a membership, you get some free merchandise. Hit subscribe on the AZ Wildcats podcast, uh, please. But uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow with a uh, William Brad Alice at twelve thirty. But again, tip of the cap to Benedict Matherin. You leave a really nice legacy here, my man.